0: Hello, thank you for joining me today for Give Him 15, and the title of today's post is, Don't Allow Your Enemy to Define You. Proverbs twenty nine three different translations. Fear and intimidation is a trap that holds you back, but when you place your confidence in the Lord, you'll be seated in the high place. The message says the fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects you from that. And the New American Standard, the fear of man brings a snare. But one who trusts in the Lord will be protected. Yesterday we talked about the devastating effects of the fear of man. Other descriptive words and phrases for this snare are the fear of human opinion, intimidation, people-pleasing, political correctness. Yielding to this desire for social acceptance and lack of conflict has produced compromise and cost the American church immeasurably. Here in America, we have lost three generations to humanism and progressivism. Details and statistics were given in yesterday's post. You can find that here. Today, let's take a look at some of the ways those on the left use the fear of man to trap and silence their opposition. Some of the more obvious tactics are threats of force. These threats are made individuals, businesses, the police, judges, legislators, lawyers, voters, private citizens, and more. Violence, these include riots, burning and damaging buildings and cars, vandalizing churches and pro-life organizations. These are all to intimidate. Lawfare, a new word that has been coined, meaning the weaponization of law enforcement the courts, the IRS, other government agencies against those who oppose election fraud, parents who object to the grooming of their children, and others who oppose leftist ideologies. Censorship is another. A ploy used by the Biden administration, governors, other government agencies, social media platforms, schools, and others to silence those who disagree with them, boycotts used against businesses, states with conservative values, sports teams that don't support liberal causes and others. And of course rejection used especially toward youth, causing peer pressure, and compromise. It is also used in subtle ways against the church. If you preach or teach certain portions of Scripture, I won't attend your church or accept your gospel. This list could be expanded or broken down into more categories, but you get the point. The left is skilled and clever at these forms of control and manipulation. They are vicious, their cause is more important than the well being of those they damage or destroy, and lying is not a deterrent to them. Truth lost all relevance when humanism was espoused in the 60s and 70s. The golden rule, kindness, civility, and other values once honored have also been sacrificed in their desire for control. If we are to restore America, we must resist Fear and intimidation intended by these and other methods. Another successful method used by the left to intimidate and control the right is dishonest labels. They apply negative terms and phrases to us, branding us in ways that simply aren't true. This is very effective, by the way. No one wants the stigma of these labels and many conservatives back down in order to avoid it. Liberal media assists in this, of course. There are numerous examples. Homophobe. Those who agree with the Bible's teaching that homosexuality is a sin are now labeled as homophobes. Afraid, they're afraid of it or as fearmongers and hate mongers. Nothing could be further from the truth. Yet many have embraced this lie, especially those who hear it at school or college. Transphobe, same thing. You don't, if you disagree or think it's, uh, you don't believe in the transgender ideology, you're a transphobe, you're a hate monger, you're a fear monger. Xenophobe, You got a lot of phobes. The fear of foreigners is now ludicrously used to label those who want only legal immigration into America. If you want it legally, done legally, you're a xenophobe. Misogynist, those who are pro-life, are now called women haters. Mean-spirited is another term, bigot, intolerant, All of those labeled by the above terms we just mentioned are also referred to with these terms. In reality, however, the most giving, loving, kind people I know are Bible-believing Christians. Racist, anyone who disagrees with or criticizes a person of another ethnicity, unless you're criticizing white folks, regardless of the reason, is called a racist by the left, religious zealot, extremist, national terrorist. Those who believe the Bible are now called extremists, as are true patriots. They're called extremists. They're considered threats to freedom. True patriots are considered threats to freedom. They're extremists. The military now considers the appeal to heaven flag as a symbol of national terrorism. These are lies, and they know it. It's used to intimidate, fear of man, to silence you. American nationalist is another, or dominionist. Those who believe God raised up and created America for his purposes are called heretics by many inside and outside the church. They're considered, we who believe that, are considered arrogant and accused of believing God loves Americans more than any other people, which is preposterous. The dominionist term is used to accuse Christians of wanting to force, force their beliefs on others. Of course, it is the left, that actually does that. They know these are lies. They use these things to intimidate us. Christians and conservatives must stop allowing these lies to influence us. When we yield to them, we weaken our cause. We must never allow the left to define us. No one likes to be criticized, but it's impossible to stand for truth without being persecuted, period. It is impossible. Many leaders in the church today will not mention certain sins due to the fear of man. We should never use a condemning accusatory approach when addressing sin, but if God who is love personified, condemns an action in his word, shouldn't it be appropriate to discuss it in our church services? The argument that the church should only preach about salvation, endeavoring to get people saved, is beyond ludicrous. That would mean we must ignore 90% of the Bible, probably more. This fear of man-induced cherry-picking of God's Word has produced three generations of Americans who do not believe all of Scripture. And why should they? Their pastors don't. Not only do many pastors shy away from moral issues, they also steer clear of governmental issues and elections. Never mind the fact that God began speaking about government in the first chapter of the Bible Genesis 1, that He is government, Isaiah 33:22, that the war which began in Genesis is all about who will rule the earth, or that Jesus referred to his body as the Ecclesia, his ecclesia, his legislative people on earth. Never mind bowing to this heretical view that government shouldn't be discussed at church, which is produced by a fear of the IRS and of offending people who may not want to hear it, has robbed America of her salt and light. The soul of our nation has spoiled. We are wandering in darkness led by evil men and women. And for more information about the the separation of church and state, we've given you a link to a previous post. Scripture calls the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom, which is the good news of Christ's kingdom rule and reign. It's not just the gospel, it's the gospel of the kingdom. It's not called the gospel of salvation. It's the gospel of the kingdom. It is the good news that Jesus, the good news that Jesus conquered Satan, delivered us from his dominion, restored us to God's family, recovered the dominion on earth that Adam lost, and delegates it to us once again in his name. That is the gospel. Yes, of course, a more complete manifestation of this victory will one day occur. But this does not mean that the only part of his victory relevant for today is being forgiven of our sins and one day going to heaven. It is time for the church to reject the fear of man. We must make the decision that God's word will always be our final authority, that we will never be ashamed of it, nor will we be intimidated by those who don't believe it. Let's pray. Father, we often fall prey to the strategies of those who oppose you. One of those strategies is to allow our self-worth to be determined by what they think of us. How absurd. This has conformed us to their ways, defiled our message, and weakened our resolve. And it has no doubt offended you as we have refused to honor your word and ways. Like Saul's Israel, King Saul, his people. We allow the giants to intimidate us. We ask you to break this spirit of intimidation and its fruit of compromise off of the church. Align us with your plumb line of truth which never has and never will change. Cause leaders in the church to fall in love with your word again all of it, to have a renewed allegiance to it. Give us integrity enough to acknowledge how our neglect of your word has helped destroy our nation. Awaken us. Whatever it takes, awaken us. Shake, convict, release holy fire, Pour out, Holy Spirit. We need a course correction, a reset. Bring this, we pray. You have said America will be saved. We believe it. We decree it. We thank you for it. In Yeshua's name. Amen. Our decree is, we decree that in the church, the fear of man is being transformed into a fear of the Lord, bringing the promised wisdom. Amen. Thank you for joining me once again today. I truly appreciate it. I hope you will join me tomorrow.